Well, hello, 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 hello. This is Pastor Cliff. Just wanted to drop in on the podcast and review the message from this morning. Um, the title of the message was God's Plan, which comes from Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 1 to through 10. And I'm going to go through it. I'm going to start off by saying this, right? As we all know, feeling to plan is like planning to fail. And we've all heard that a thousand times, but do we really ever consider that in every area of our life? Um, oftentimes what we tend to do is we tend to go through life with no plan whatsoever. And you know what it is when you don't have a plan, then typically what happens, somebody introduces their plan and then you begin to follow their plan and then plans don't work out for you. But know this, without a plan, it's hard to determine when something um, when something doesn't work, where did it go wrong? So in your life, when you look over your life and say, man, these things in my life didn't work out right and this didn't happen where I expected it to and I just don't know what's what, typically we didn't have a plan. So let me start off by giving you a definition of a plan. The definition of plan is the form of something to be done existing in the mind. So it's the form of something to be done existing in the mind. Now here's the other part that I love. With the, the, the several parts adjusted in idea. So uh, first thing you better know is that a, a plan is a combination of things. And, and along the route, there are some adjustments that are being made as you're progressively moving towards the goal or the objective. Now, it also states this. It's expressed in words are committed to writing. So a plan that is not expressed means that nobody else knows what's happening. It also means that you didn't make any declarations or proclamations to yourself. So it's important for you to understand that it exists in your head. Um, it's going to have to be adjustable as you go. And it also needs to be communicated, whether it be in word or in writing. And that just kind of seals the deal for you when you talk about a plan. Now, when we don't have a plan, realize that anything can happen. You know, you ever had somebody call you up and in the midst of the conversation say, hey, what are you doing today? And you say, I don't know. I don't have anything planned. And automatically they implicate you into their plans. Now, it may not be something you want to do, but because you didn't have a plan, somebody's going to off you their plan. And oftentimes you can follow someone else's plan and it can be a very unpleasant experience for you. Some of the situations that you may find yourself in are the results of you following someone else's plan. Um, today, what I want to do is I want to cover six things that you need to understand about God's plan, right? The most important plan that you will ever have in your life. So the, the first thing is this. Sometimes, point number one, sometimes we are victims of other people's plans in our lives. Let me repeat that. Sometimes we are victims of other people's plans in our lives. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse one, the ERV version says this. Jeremiah sent a letter to the captives in Babylon. He sent it to the elders, the priests, the prophets, and all of the other people Nebuchadnezzar had taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. So check this out. The people that he was speaking to found themselves in a bad situation. They were, they were being captive. And if you don't know anything, you should know that when you are captive, you are bound to follow the plans of the person that have captured you. Sometimes there are some people that have captivated our attention. They've captivated our thoughts. They've occupied our mindsets. And now we're no longer following our plan. We're following their plan. So what I want to make in this side of this point is sometimes we can find ourselves in a bad situation at the hands of someone else's doings. 
we can begin to feel trapped and hopeless. So whenever you find yourself locked into somebody else's plan, right? And in your what you want in life is not happening, you can at some time begin to feel trapped or hopeless. And if you want to see a sad person, a depressed person, then then, then take away their hope. Take away their plan. So the, the people that Jeremiah is speaking to were in a, a form of bondage. They were following someone else's plan, someone else's dream, someone else's vision. And now they no longer had a vision for themselves. So that's the first thing I want to make sure. Make sure that you don't allow yourself to be the victim of somebody else's plan or that you're following someone else's plan for your own life. Point number two. In God's plan... He wants your personal life to be managed properly. So now we're going to introduce God's plan and not other people's plan. In God's plan, he wants your personal life to be managed properly. So I'm going to read Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 6. It says, this is what the Lord, all-powerful, the God of the people of Israel, says to all the people he sent into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. So before I read any further, I want you to understand, the reason that the children of Israel were in captivity it's because they were not following God's plan they were following someone else's plan when you don't follow God's plan it will usually lead you into a place of captivity in which you'll be following someone else's plan and usually their plan is not going to benefit you it's not going to be comfortable it's not going to allow you to take care of the things in your life that you need it's not going to allow you the flexibility you know you could be on a job right now trying to follow what your boss wants you to do and forget what your goals and aspirations are and spend a lot of time in a captive moment in a hopeless mindset because you feel like this is the only job you can have because you feel dedicated and loyal to your supervisor to your boss or the company and you're forgetting that maybe you should be always exploring other options because those other options may lead you to your destiny and you know really wherever you're working the chances are they're not trying to get you to your destiny they're trying to get a job done and reach the company's goals and objectives nowhere in the meeting that you went to the company meeting did they say hey hey cliff um are we doing things that are helping you get to your goals your personal goals in life that never happens in the company meeting. So you have to have an understanding that are you following your plan or, or God's plan for your life or are you following someone else's plan? Be careful with that. Be careful. Be very careful. So he says this. Here's his plan. He says, build houses and live in them. Settle in the land. Plant gardens and eat the food you grow. Get married and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and let your daughters be married. Do this so that they can have sons and daughters. Have many children grow in number in Babylon and don't become fewer in number. So what I want to say is this. God wants you, most importantly, to be productive in your life. Productive in your life. God doesn't want you stagnated. He doesn't want you um, in a poverty mindset. He doesn't want you poor in spirit. He wants you to be productive. And through that, he says, look, I want you to have shelter and food. He said, I don't want you to be homeless. I don't want you to be without adequate living space. I don't want you to be without proper nutrition. He says, these are things that are essential to your basic management of who you are so that you can actually have the resources and energy so that you can work the plan that I'm giving you. Um, but he also says this. He says, I want you to have, enjoy and grow your family. So th this is important, right? He says, I want you to have them. I want you to enjoy them and I want you to grow them. So he says, I don't want you to just, you know, just have kids, just have kids. I want you to have a plan. You know, I want you to grow. I don't want you to, to become reduced in numbers or in productivity. I want you to grow in productivity. Now, that doesn't mean go out there and make a bunch of kids. 
people to say is that I need you to take the time to grow your family and pass on this thinking onto them so they can pass it on to their children, right? Trying to create a positive cycle and not a negative cycle. So remember this, God wants you to take the time to manage your personal lives. A lot of times we, we're so busy with life and doing stuff that we don't take time to take care of what's most important, which is ourselves, which is the core, which is our family and our personal goals and visions and dreams and aspirations. So point number three, right? Okay, here's the third thing. In God's plan, he wants us to take an active role in our community. So it gets, it gets bigger than just you. So in, in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, he says this. Also, do good things for the city I sent you to. Pray to the Lord for the city you are living in, because if there is peace in that city, you will have peace also. So look, check it out. We should do, according to God's plans, we should do as much as we are able to do to help our communities, right? Sometimes we get so consumed in personal endeavors that we forget that sometimes the peace you're looking for relies within the ability for you to help your own community. So imagine this, and I know if everybody's seen it before, right? You work hard, you're focused, you're goal-oriented, you're pursuing, you're chasing a bag, whatever you want to call it, and you get the stuff. You get the nice TV, you get the car, you get the house, but then the community you live in is probably not the best. So you spend all this time worried about somebody breaking into your house. You have all the cameras and the alarm systems and whatnot. You got the big dog and your concern is always, I don't want nobody breaking and take my stuff. The reality is we worry about that because we're not attentive to the community. Now, you know, things can happen. Even if you are, yes, that can happen. But you increase the probability of the community, the negative aspects of the community, invading your positive space because you have forgotten about creating peace in the community. You forgot about taking and, and looking out for the homeless and, and looking out for the, the children who are fatherless. We're not doing that as often as we should, so we're not creating peace around us. What you have to know is that peace around us means peace within us. When you know that everyone in your community is taken care of. You don't have worries. Like back in the days, people used to sleep with the doors open, windows up, because everybody looked out for everybody. So there was nobody that was going without, and occasionally there was a thief. Now we have a lot of people who are taking because it seems like people have sheltered themselves into their own lives and forgotten about keeping peace amongst their own community. In the word of God, he says, look, he says, do good things for the city and also pray for the city you're living in. Sometimes we forget to pray for our city. We're busy scrutinizing, criticizing our city, but are we praying for our city? We're asking God to do some positive things. We're asking God to enable us so that we can be a positive impact in our communities. Helping people is an investment in your own life. So he, he tells you, sis, but it says, if there's peace in your city, then you're going to have peace also. The city is really people. So it's a community. It's a, a body of, of people in, on common ground. You might not agree with everybody in your city, but one thing you have agreed upon is this is where you're going to occupy space. So why not make it peaceful, right? So God's plan for you is to have an active role in your community. Figure out. Get with somebody. If you don't know where to start, find somebody who's already active in the community. Say, hey, hey, can I get involved? What can I do? And use your gifts. That's the most important aspect. You might not be able to do what everyone else is doing. You might not have the resources that everyone else has, but figure out what it is that you're good at and allocate some of your time to trying to make things better. Doesn't matter if you're picking up trash in the neighborhood. Doesn't matter if you're going door to door to just tell people, hey, God loves you. And whatever God puts on your heart to do, just find it in yourself to do it. 
Point number four. Be aware of those that will distract you from God's plan. There's some people that will distract you from God's plan. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 8 and 9 says, The Lord all-powerful, the God of the people of Israel, says, Don't let your prophets and those who practice magic fool you. Don't listen to the dreams they have. They're telling you lies. And they're saying that their message is from me. But I didn't send it. This message is from the Lord. Be aware of people who offer up their plans as a better option for you. The word of God tells us that we have one advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. So you have to be mindful for someone that always has a word about what you should do with your life. As if you have no relationship. Now, pending, some of you may be at a strained relationship relationship with God and you don't know. And God's going to send people in your life to kind of help you come along. It's going to help encourage you to build a relationship with God. But I'm talking about for those who you have a pretty good relationship with God and you know God's talking to you. But someone says, hey, here's what God wants you to do. How does that contrast with what God has been telling you? Beware, there's some people that they use their their, their positioning to try to manipulate what you're doing to better benefit them. So you got to be mindful of that sometimes. Sometimes people are going to claim that God told them to tell you what to do with your life. The reality is, if you have a relationship with God and God is speaking to you, why wouldn't God tell you? Why would he have the need to go tell someone else to tell you? You know, it's kind of like when I was a kid, I remember growing up, you know, I would want to go spend the, 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 the weekend or spend the night with my cousin. And I would send my cousin over there and my dad would always respond, like, tell him to come and ask me. You know, I think God would really, in order to build a relationship, requires y'all two to communicate. It's nothing like having a third wheel communicating for you. And I'm not saying God can't use other people. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when it comes to the issues of your life, when it comes to God's plan for your life, God may give people components and parts and resources into your life, but the plan he wants to communicate directly with you. That's why I say, I know. I mean, let me not get ahead of myself. Let me not get ahead of myself. We're almost there. Okay, so um, if you have a relationship with God, he will speak with you directly about the plans that he has for you. That's important. That's very, very important is that God, you allow God to speak to you directly and don't allow other people to come and try to override what God has already told you in your life. When you have plans, stick to your plans. Everybody can sit on the sideline and have the the, the mindset that they can see your life's issues better than you. But nobody knows your life better than you and God. You have to trust in God with all your heart. Point number five, God's plan is. Is designed to change your outlook on life. So understand God's plan. His plan is to change how you see your current predicament. Jeremiah chapter 29 verses 10 and 11 says this. This is what the Lord says. Babylon will be powerful for 70 years. So whatever you're going through, I want you to know if it's tough right now, it's time limited. After that time, I will come to you people who are living in Babylon. I will keep my good promise to bring you back to Jerusalem. So let me pause real quick. Understand that the reason that they are in their predicament is because God had a plan, but they followed someone else's guidance. They followed someone else's plan. They got away from God's plan and it led them into a captive state. And God says, look, though you are there because I am God and I love my children, I'm going to make sure that what you're going through is time limited. I'm going to reintroduce my plan to you. And by reintroducing my plan to you, give you an opportunity to get on board and follow the plan. Y'all ready for this? He says, 
Verse 11, I say this because I know the plans I have for you. This message is from the Lord. I have good plans for you. I don't plan to hurt you. I plan to give you hope and a good future. Understand the dynamics of God's plan. God's plan does not include a bunch of negativity. He said it's good stuff that I have for you. It don't require all the bad things that people are introducing you. The reason you may be experiencing some negativity or bad in life, I'm just saying, it might be a possibility you haven't been following God's plan for your life. See, God's plans are not harmful either. They're not anything that are painful. Sometimes we're in painful experiences because God said, I need you to go left, and we went right. And God's plan creates hope and a vision for a better future. Just because we've gotten out of the will of God or out of the plan of God doesn't mean he doesn't have enough mercy to allow us to get back in alignment. Sometimes it's about us just getting back in line with God's plan and abandoning the little stinky plan that we created or the one that we took from someone else and get saying, look, that's not working. I'm going to follow God's plan for my life because I know that he intends to have good in my life. Point number six. Closing on this point. There are Benefits to God's plans. Jeremiah 29, 12 and 13 says this. Then you will call my name. You will come to me and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will search for me. And when you search for me with all your heart, you will find me. God's God's plan will cause you to communicate effectively with God. Now he says, look, because of the type of plan that I have, the benefit is when you call me, I'm going to answer. I'm going to listen. When you look for me, you'll be able to find me. So some of us have been in a distance from God. We have seemed like we can't hear him. We don't see him playing his life because we've been following the wrong plan. God has came back to give you a new roadmap. He's come back to give you a new blueprint. Now it's up to us to build and construct based upon God's plan and not the plan that wasn't working. In God's plan, you will hear and see God's response. That's how you know you're following his plan. He says, if, if, if your ways please me, I'm going to give you the desires of your heart. See, a lot of times when we don't follow God's plan and we're expecting God's results, it's really foolishness. Well, we have to recognize that if I follow God's plan, then I'm going to get God's results. At the end is this. When good lines of communication are established between you and God, there's no limit to what God can do in your life. There's just no limit. God has every intention of ensuring that you understand what his intentions are for you. God doesn't want you in a bad place. But here's one thing about God. He can't force you to follow the plan. He can give you the plan. He can lay it out for you. But you still have to follow it. But you're going to have to follow with a committed heart. You can't be wavering in your plan. You can't be doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to be doing it because you trust and believe in God. Trust in the Lord with all the heart and all your ways acknowledge him. And he'll direct your path. He'll show you how to follow the plan. I've done a lot of things in my life. I've done a lot of things my way. I follow other people's advice, but not until I decided to follow God's plan for my life. And I, I look through the word of God and he gets direction and I started looking for purpose and I started following the voice of God. Then I started really experiencing the peace of God. I started getting the results I was looking for. So today what I want to do is I want to tell you that no matter where you're at, no matter what you're going through, no matter how off track you feel you've gotten, that God's redemptive plan is to make sure you have the opportunity to embrace his plan to start. You can do it right now. You can start today. You can start tomorrow, whenever you want to, but know that God has not changed his plans for your life. His plans for your life are still the same. All you have to do is take it, embrace it, and live it out. And everything's going to work out in your favor. I promise you. So look, guys, 
That's the word that I got for you. I hope that was a blessing to someone's heart and soul. I hope it's inspirational. I hope it creates hope for you this week. Carry this message in your heart from Sunday to Saturday. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. God has a plan for you. It's not changed. He doesn't have a plan for one of us. He's got a plan for all of us, guys. So I'm going to close out in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we thank you today for your word. We ask that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive your plan and not the plan of the enemy and not the plan of others, Lord God. Allow us to be adjustable and adaptable, Lord God. Most importantly, Lord God, allow us to take this plan so to have a, an effective relationship with you. We know that you are listening. We know that you're here, Lord God. Put it, as our, put it in our heart more so to do the word and not just be hearers, Lord God. Lord God, if there's anybody that needs healing, Lord God, I ask that you would send a healing, Lord God. Let them follow your plan to the point of healing, Lord God. If there's anybody that hurt, Lord God, I ask that you would comfort them in this hour, Lord God. Lord God, if anybody needs any type of blessing, Lord God, in any area of their life, whether it be physically, intellectually, emotionally, socially, economically, or spiritually, Lord God, I ask that you provide them that blessing this week, Lord God. We thank you for the word today, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Guys, that's all I have for you. As I always say, be blessed. Don't stress. Do your best and let God do the rest. This is Pastor Cliff from the Balanced Life Church. You have a great day.